Hi, and welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us online and remind you to feel free to visit our website at seacoastvineyard.com anytime for up-to-date information on our local church here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. If you would like to give financially to this ministry, whether that's a one-time gift or a recurring monthly gift, simply click on the Give tab at our website and give however God leads you. Now, we want you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Good morning, everyone. Everybody everybody hear me all right? Good. Uh, Well, first off, I have a confession to make. Um, I made a mistake in coming here first service. Because um, I've had about an hour and a half to just get jacked up on coffee. Um, so uh, I'm feeling pretty spry this morning. And if I start talking too fast, just give me one of these and I'll try to slow down. Um, second, uh, my second kind of confession is when I approached this text um, about three weeks ago, I, I kind of had in my mind where I was going to go, what I was going to do. And um, up until a few days ago when we had our pit crew meeting, um, God totally shifted the direction, right? Um, and so if you're, not many of you um, may know this, but when you're a preacher and you've spent time with a text and then all of a sudden God changes the direction four days before you need to preach, um, that's huge. Uh, that is huge. And I was stressed out. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I, was not, I didn't handle it well initially. Um, but the exciting thing is this. Uh, the direction that God changed for me, um, I'm just going to lay my cards around the table for you. This morning, I am going to preach the gospel to you. Okay, the straight up gospel. And that, my friends, is exciting. And that is worth getting jacked up about. All right. So let me hear it. Who's excited to hear the gospel this morning? This is awesome. This is good stuff. So uh, the temptation might be, if you're a Christian this morning, uh, you kind of hear, okay, we're going to hear the gospel. It may be tempting to just kind of check out, right? Oh, this is introductory stuff. I've heard the gospel. Um, But here's the deal. the Christianity, uh, the gospel is not the ABCs of Christianity. Friends, it is the A to Z of Christianity. It is everything. It is why we're here today. It's why we get jacked up and sing worship songs. It's why we want to bring other people here to get excited about God because the gospel message is Christianity. And if you're not a believer this morning and you've heard me say gospel 15 times and you're like, oh, I'm not really clear on what that actually means, let me just say I am so glad you're here. Uh, This is a great message for you to hear, and it's truly an honor to share it with you. Now, that being said, let me share a story with you. When I was in my teenage years, there was no shortage of opportunities uh, for my mom to have these teaching moments with me. It's a nice way of saying I acted foolishly or selfishly or stupid, um, which happened all the time, and she would sit me down in the living room, right? And in my living room, there's this window, and you look outside the window in our backyard, there was a tree, right? That's not my backyard, but <laughs> for the sake of this message, that's my backyard. All right. So uh, she'd sit me down on the, uh, on the couch, and she'd point out there, and she'd say, Dougie, what is that? I kind of roll my eyes. I've heard it a thousand times. I'd say, a tree. And she would say, now, son, no matter how you feel about it, No matter how many uh, emotions you lay on top of that tree, what is it? I roll my eyes again and I'd say, a tree. And the reality is that whenever I would kind of enter into something foolish or stupid, sorry, this mic's driving me nuts. Um, Whenever I would kind of enter into something foolish or stupid, um, I had a really uncanny ability to be able to uh, emotionally 
separate myself from the responsibility of it, right? Um, which a lot of us kind of do that. We make all these excuses and rationalizations as to why I don't have to take responsibility for whatever selfish thing I did. And so she loved me enough to make me wrestle with reality. And so this morning, we're going to see Jesus do that. He's going to share truth in such a way that he wants to make us wrestle with reality. So as we enter into the text this morning, I encourage you guys, a tree is a tree. And so as you hear reality this morning, I want you to wrestle with that as opposed to some other way of getting out of the responsibility that Jesus is going to share with us this morning. And so he does it in the form of a parable. If you don't know what a parable is, which most of us do, but just in case I want to show how smart I am, two words put together, para meaning alongside, bole means to throw, um, so literally to throw alongside like a metaphor. Um, and that's what Jesus is going to do here. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump into the scripture, which is Luke 18, 9 through 14. Father, I just come before you this morning. I pray you breathe life on your word. Give me the gift of teaching, Father. Pray that you calm my nerves, calm the caffeine coursing through my veins. Um, and Father, just uh, I pray your message goes out, Lord, that the gospel will be preached and people will come to know you this morning. Okay, so uh, we've got the message coming up on the screen, I believe, in a moment. Uh, and I'll go ahead and read it for you. Verse 9. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. This is God's word. Now, uh, first time we need some context, right? So Jesus is in the back third of his ministry at this point, right? He's been walking, kicking around Galilee and doing different things for about three years. And so we're kind of entering into the close of his ministry. Um, and when we look at the next chapter, it's actually his last trip into Jerusalem. I mean, he's going there to die. And so uh, if we could kind of coin a phrase, it'd be intensity. This, every moment leading up to this is going to be intense and have a very gospel-centric message. And so when we look at this text, we need to ask ourselves a few questions. First question, who are we meant to identify with? Who in the story, if, if Jesus is sharing the story with us, who do we want to kind of pick teams with? Do I want to identify with the Pharisee, that that's who he's talking to, so I'm that guy? Do I want to identify with the tax collector? The answer is both. We are meant to identify with both. See, before we accept Christ as Lord, we are all sinners in need of Christ, in need of grace, just like both these men were. You see, they're both equally terrible people in need of grace, and neither of these two men are heroes. We need to clear that right out of the, out of the gate. Neither of these two men are the hero of the story. So uh, let's get into the detail. Um, let's look at the Pharisee. Uh, first of all, he is the subject of his own prayer. He uses the word I like five times in my translation. Um, I thank you. I am not like other men. Uh, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. I, 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 I. The subject of this prayer is me. How awesome am I? God, pay attention to this over here, this guy. And so 
when we look at that, the first thing we need to understand is he's the subject. Um, he's comparing his achievements to others. And so here's the reality. We see this stuff all the time. I'm going to give you a real practical example, and I'm just going to give you a warning. I may step on some toes right now, but know that I love you and that a tree is a tree. All right? Okay. So here's what happens. We get into Christian community, right? And as we begin to walk with God for a little while, we start taking our eyes off of God and begin to look at the people around us. And what we do is we take some sort of minor unpleasantry or some kind of sin that we don't struggle with and make a really big deal about it in other people. And then in our resisting of that sin we're not really struggling with, we call ourselves righteous. I'll give you a practical example. Um, Let's use something simple like swearing, right? Um, Or we're in the South, so we'll call it cursing. Now, uh, let's say I'm not a person who has very colorful language, right? Um, And I know people who do. And so what I'll do is I'll make a really big deal about the fact that you shouldn't swear. And then because I don't, I am then a righteous and holy person. Does that make sense? Right. Um, Here's another example, Um, maybe something a little more serious. Maybe somebody struggles with addiction, and you don't really have that particular issue. And so because you're not addictive or don't have any sort of addiction, you can then call yourself righteous before God because you don't have that. And so uh, here's the thing. We're naturally tuned to compare ourselves to others. Because let's be honest, it's way better and way easier than dealing with reality, right? I mean, let's be honest. Because if the reality is that we are totally at odds with God, hopelessly lost in comparison to what he requires of us, then we can't make it about everybody else anymore. We have to deal with it directly. We have to deal with the tree. And so what does, uh, what does Jesus identify as the critical problem in this moment? Well, what he identifies is, is it's a false economy to use our standard of righteousness on others. Because then we no longer need God's grace to make us righteous. We just need to be better than the other guy, Right? I mean, as long as you're not in last place, then you're pretty much good at the end of the day, right? Just don't be the one guy on the planet who's not better than anybody, (laughs) right? Uh, The problem is, is that we can't, it's this tiresome system of always trying to feed the system to be better than somebody else. And then it totally uh, negates the need for grace and for Christ and what he did for us. And so your first feeling is this, the Pharisee did not recognize his need, He did not recognize his need. This kind of behavior screams that I do not need the righteousness of God. I don't need the grace of God. I just need to be better than someone else. Okay, now, what does Jesus teach in order to fix or remedy this particular um, attitude or situation? Well, if we look at the tax collector, first of all, God is the subject of his prayer. If you want to know kind of a good way to start praying, start with God. That's a pretty good um, starting point. Secondly, he acknowledges his inability to save himself, right? He says, have mercy on me. Thirdly, again, he simply asks for mercy. So your second fill-in, we're going rapid fire, is the tax collector recognized his need. Simple, straightforward. He got before God and said, God, I need you to make me right. And so that term, uh, when he says I, uh, beat one, he beat his breast, it's a Greek word. It means tupto is the Greek word. And uh, it actually literally means a disquieting of one's conscience. A disquieting of one's conscience. 
See, what Jesus says is you have to get to a point where you're willing to say to God, I'm not okay. This is not okay, and I need your mercy to make me okay. I need your grace to make me okay. You see, this is actually your third fill-in. Only those who recognize their need will have their need met. When you realize, I'm not okay, my conscience has been disquieted, I am disrupted in my self-image, and I know that there is nothing I can do to make myself okay, so I'm throwing myself on the mercy of our Creator, saying, God, have mercy on me. Now, here's the gospel. This is the good part. Imagine for a moment that everything that I just said to you is 100% true. Imagine for a moment that we are at odds with our creator, that we deserve judgment for our wholesale rejection of God up to the point of even acknowledge he exists. I mean, that's where we're at. That we've rejected him, we've rejected our creator, we've said that uh, we've used the mouth that he's given us to say terrible things to people, we've used the hands that he's given us to do terrible things, and we've wholesale rejected our creator. Imagine that that is 100% true. Friends, this is what makes the good news so good, that he showed us mercy while we were yet still sinners and sent Jesus to take the punishment that we deserve for rejecting God, that we may have life. That's gospel. That's gospel. That's the good news right there. And here's the thing. This was the plan all along. The Bible tells us worthy is the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth. That means before the word go, God knew he was going to need to take care of our sin problem, and he did it anyway. He did it anyway. And a couple hundred years before Jesus ever showed up on the scene, this scripture kills me every time, Isaiah 53, 4 through 6, speaking of Jesus, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement of our peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, everyone. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Imagine for a moment, if you will, you're standing in front of this huge dam. And as you're standing there in this valley at the bottom, it starts to crack and, you know, water starts coming out. And all of a sudden, this dam just breaks. And this water, this massive wall of water is coming down towards you, this imminent destruction. And there is nothing you can do. You cannot run. You cannot hide. You cannot get away from the impending doom. And at the last possible moment before your destruction comes... The ground splits open before you and every last drop of that water comes crashing down through that hole and you stand there dry, untouched by the coming wrath. Friends, the gospel this morning is that that wrath didn't just fall in some random hole into a bottomless pit. It fell on our Lord Jesus Christ for us. And that is huge. And so I'm going to have the band come up and we're going to just spend some time in prayer. Um, But here's the deal. If you've been disquieted this morning, if you've heard this gospel message preached and you're not okay with you, I don't want you to leave here just angry and upset. 
I don't want you to leave here going, oh man, I'm not okay with this whole message, so let's just forget it. I want you to be met with the disquieting of your soul and then met with the loving hand of grace. The loving hand of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now maybe uh, you're a, a believer this morning And you've realized, you know what? I've spent more time, instead of looking at everybody else, I've spent more time uh, comparing myself, I'm sorry, to everybody else than I have looking at God. Then my request to you this morning is that when the band strikes up and the music's going, there's going to be a prayer team in the back. And what I want you to do is go before the Lord and repent. Go before the Lord and accept the graceful hand of Jesus and say, Lord, I know I'm not okay. I know that I've treated others with contempt because I wanted my own righteousness to be found in what I did rather than who you are. And so this morning, again, I'm going to go in the back and be with the prayer team. If you want to accept Christ this morning, if you want to accept Christ and be part of the family, I'm going to be back there with them. I would love to pray with you. That is huge. That is amazing. I want to welcome you to the family. And so let's close in prayer and just thank God for what he did. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast from Seacoast Vineyard Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We look forward to you joining us next time on iTunes or at our website, www.seacoastvineyard.com.